0: Hello everyone. This is Maria from the Fitness Fertility podcast. It's summertime and Roshan and I are taking a well-earned break and we will both be heading off on holiday over the next few weeks. Now, do not worry. We still have fantastic shows coming your way and we will be sharing with you three of our favourite interviews from the past year. So make sure you keep tuning in to hear more fabulous advice to support you on your own trying to conceive journey. In this week's show, we are delving into the world of acupuncture with Rachel Sharif. Rachel specialises in acupuncture for fertility, and I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with her. So, enjoy this episode and learn all about how acupuncture can support your fertility. Hi, I'm Maria.
1: And I'm Roisin. And
0: welcome to the Fitness Fertility Podcast. This podcast is all about how improving your physical fitness can help support you on your very own fertility journey. I'm a personal trainer who specialises in training women with fertility problems. I myself have PCOS and have had two beautiful boys, and I'm on a mission to help you do the same.
1: Before we get into it, we will be discussing adult themes such as where the babies come from, pregnancy loss and bereavement. We may also be sweary from time to time. We are optimistic, light-hearted girls we know this is a really stressful time for some of our listeners we respect that
0: in this week's show i am delighted to welcome rachel sheriff she is a fertility acupuncturist an educator with the fertility suite and she's also a podcast host and she has her very own podcast called the fertility method
2: hi maria thanks for having me i'm super excited to talk to you you are very very welcome. I think the first thing to start with is if you are happy to share your story with us and just tell us how you ended up where you are today. Absolutely, of course. Like most people who are in this fertility community, I I had my own experience. I think so many people working within the fertility community have had their own experience. I think that's what brings a lot of us to help others. I had quite a long, winded, sort of complex fertility journey. I'll try and keep it as brief as I can. I tried for three years to conceive. I was diagnosed with unexplained infertility, you know, the most frustrating diagnosis ever. And I ended up having IVF. And on that third round, which was my successful round when I had my son, he's now nine, I tried some acupuncture. It was one of those things that someone had said to me, you know, you really should give it a go. And I was at the point where I thought, I'm just going to try anything and see if it helps. And I found it really fascinating, a bit of a game changer. Obviously, I'll never know whether that was the the one thing that made the difference in that treatment cycle. But I definitely think it contributed and and helped in some way, shape or form. And it, it... made such a difference to me on a weekly basis you know that i would go in and that was my time to relax and switch off i noticed a difference in lots of symptoms niggly things that i had going on i just felt like an overall sense of better well-being from going for my acupuncture and i used to ask loads of questions i, I think my acupuncturist used to get a bit fed up of me because i just used to ask so many things and in the end she sort of said to me oh, you, you ask so many questions you should just go and study it and that seed was then kind of planted and uh After I'd had my son, I was in a very fortunate position where I was offered voluntary redundancy from the job I was in. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to take the bull by the horns and I'm going to retrain. So I went back to university, studied for three years for um, a degree in acupuncture, finished and just decided to set up the clinic. I kind of always knew that I only really wanted to treat fertility. So I made a lot of effort to do some postgrad diplomas and extra training in fertility and reproductive medicine. And yeah, the clinic now is a holistic fertility clinic. So we have acupuncturists, reflexologists, functional medicine practitioners, nutritionists, and we have an independent pharmacist. And we work together to really support couples who are trying to conceive. And that can look so different in so many ways from people that have just been trying for a couple of months and want to try some acupuncture, all the way through to people like me that had more complex journeys and have been trying for a long time. We really see... really broad spectrum and it's just so rewarding you have some great feedback you know we're always getting lovely cards and it just kind of reaffirms that what we're doing is really much needed
0: I have about a million and one questions some of which do revolve around needles but also I want to say congratulations on having your son because oh thank you it's nice that you managed to get there in the end because I know it's really tough did you ever find out the cause or was it always left as unexplained
2: My personal belief is that unexplained is never really unexplained. It just means not enough investigation in the right area has been done or because of resources available. Certainly if you're having a national healthcare treatment, the resources are very restricted. So you don't get offered things, even though if you went elsewhere, it would be an option. But you're not told of that option. It's not like, oh, well, this might be something you want to look into, but we can't offer that to you. It's just a case of, well, no, you've got unexplained infertility. in probably 95% of the, the... Clients that we have in our clinic who are told this—it's really not the case. So yeah, I actually discovered just before that third cycle that I had an issue with my immune system, something called natural killer cells that probably maybe some of the listeners have heard of. And it was actually really the forward thinkingness of my consultant at the time because this was like ten years ago. Immunology—it was around the evidence base wasn't as as it is now. But he just said to me, "Oh, you know something's not right here." I was thirty-two. You're getting good quality blastocysts. Why are they not sticking? Let's do these tests. And yeah, I had some immunology treatment protocols for that last cycle. And again, I'll never know whether that was the one thing that did make the difference. But I had a successful pregnancy and I, I definitely think that that was a big part of the issue for me. I actually have something called Hashimoto's as well, which is autoimmune thyroid disease. Um, and there are some links with fertility issues. Again, it, it's very hard to measure that in an individual as to what degree of an issue that's causing. And something we see a lot in clinic. The thing I find most often in the clinic is that it's not one thing couple of things that need optimizing or a couple of different areas that are causing an issue. And I think it's so easy to fixate on wanting one single thing that you can then fix with XYZ. And that's just not often the way it works with fertility. The
0: NK cells are the natural killer cell theme rearing its ugly head. And one of our other guests on the show, she had a very similar story to you in terms of not a lot happening, a huge amount of stress. And again it was probably about ten years ago as well, NK cells found a same problem, was given the meds and lo and behold, her next pregnancy went on to be successful. And again, you know, she said the same thing. It might not have been that, it might have just been a coincidence. Would you mind just talking a bit more about it and how you get tested? Because a lot of listeners
2: will want to know, I think. And This is an area of speciality. It's actually an area that I'm really interested in. So I do a lot of reading. I'll keep it really simple because immunology is very complex. But on a very basic level, you have two sides to your immune system. You have the side that supports pregnancy and the side that doesn't support pregnancy. And what happens is when you have elevated natural killer cells in fertility, you're becoming pregnant or you're not even getting to the point of a pregnancy because your your body effectively recognises the embryo as foreign tissue and your immune system goes into overdrive so you have this one part of your immune system becomes really activated and it's like it it can't work out what's right and what's not and it looks at the embryo as foreign tissue and then your body attacks it and kills it off basically so it's like um There's an overactive immune response in pregnancy. In some women, that happens after they've achieved a positive pregnancy test. So it's cause of recurrent miscarriage. In other women where the immune system is so highly activated in pregnancy, quite often don't even achieve a positive pregnancy test. And that was what was happening with me. And looking back, I think I probably had a couple of very early chemical pregnancies, you know, a couple of periods that were like a week late, super heavy, but just didn't even think that was a thing. Things are changing. You can have them done most commonly privately now. Um, They are an expensive set of tests. You're normally looking at around £1,000. They really fine-tune the treatment. Not only do they tell you whether you've got the NK cells, they also tell you what the best treatment protocol would be for you. So there's a couple of different treatments. You can have steroids or um, something called intralipids. There's lots of other immune meds you can take. But you really need an immunologist. There's a couple of really good immunologists around, but I would recommend if you think you've got an immune issue, go and see an immunologist um, that specialises in reproductive immunology and they will run the tests for you. And then they'll design a treatment protocol. And that can look quite different for different people because it is a really complex area. And that's why you really need to see a specialist. It's not really a case of going, oh, you've got highly activated NK cells, take this medication. It really has to be a tailored protocol because it, It overlaps with lots of other things. I hope that explains it a little bit.
0: It does. It's really, really helpful. Very briefly, I think the first question I would ask would be, what would be an indicator that maybe, maybe recurrent miscarriage, obviously, which is horrendous, but is there anything else where they could just be thinking, actually, oh, maybe I need to get tested? First,
2: it's really important to say that you can have highly activated NK cells and just have unexplained infertility or not being able to conceive and have no other symptoms. It really is one of those things where you can just not know anything about it but if you want to sort of um yeah do a little bit of self-diagnosis so like you said recurrent miscarriage or unexplained infertility where you're not even getting a positive pregnancy test and other more common things have been ruled out you might have a history of autoimmune disease yourself or have a family history of autoimmune disease so that's things like Crohn's colitis lupus even psoriasis eczema those sorts of things you might have had a healthy pregnancy already so it's really important to say that pregnancy itself can affect the immune system so this can actually be a really common problem in secondary infertility if you've had a healthy pregnancy already but you might have had some growth issues in that pregnancy so if the baby was measuring a little bit small if you've had IVF and you've had good quality blastocysts, there's a really good book called is your body baby friendly by alan beer and he actually has like a checklist i guess of signs and symptoms the classic nhs sort of three miscarriages not really a a big believer in that i think most immunologists would say if you're sort of under 35 and you've had two miscarriages then it's definitely worth
0: investigating nk cells what i was just thinking when you were talking through all of that this idea of self-advocating a massive part of the fertility journey is Being able to self advocate, which I think is a lot more complicated than people think. Mm. So, by self advocating, what I mean is sticking up for yourself, being assertive when you go to appointments and basically not experiencing the kind of doctor effect, you know, white coat syndrome. You go, yes, yes, yes. And I totally get it. And with my psychology head on, the white coat syndrome is a real thing. Loads of doctors are amazing. Loads of fertility specialists are amazing. The way I see it is you've got nothing to lose. So, you might as well just put it out there and just ask the question.
2: There's much more awareness now as well. There's so many more people talking about it. It's just being aware. You definitely have to self-advocate. You know, like you said, there's some amazing fertility specialists and consultants out there. There's a little bit of this sort of ethos. It's a one-track mind because that's their area of speciality. So that's the area they're looking at. And actually what you want is someone who can take a really broad spectrum look at the overall picture. Specialists in certain areas are great if that's your area of issue. But you know, you really need to find the right consultant for you and someone that's approachable and yeah, listens to you. I always say to women, like trust your gut as well. Like if you feel like something's not right, again, in in the clinic, if a patient says to me, I'm really not, I'm really not sure about this or something doesn't feel right. 99% of the time we go on to find something is an issue in that area.
1: I think unexplained is so difficult because if you go into a specialist, even a GP for your first appointment and say, I've got a normal cycle, everything is working absolutely the way it should. It's so easy for them to say, wait six months, wait a year, wait another six months. If I go in with PCOS or endo or something, I've got something to hang my hat by and go, there's definitely something wrong here. And it was really interesting what you were saying about with unexplained, you really have to go through the system and nearly rule out everything. A good friend of mine had unexplained for four years, had her baby through IVF. She had to get all the way through all the tests, all the way through IUI to IVF to realise she had a problem at implantation. Mm. She was having those delayed periods, those heavy periods. This
2: is what I mean. The signs and symptoms are there, but women are not hurt. We're told from a young age, painful, heavy periods are normal. Go away, go on the pill, deal with it, take some paracetamol. It's gaslighting. It's medical gaslighting. Like To have periods that are so painful that you need pain relief every month, this is not normal. And it's a sign that there could be something wrong if treated at an earlier age could save women loads of time and heartache when they're trying to conceive years down the line.
1: And also the interaction with hormones, when you are talking about you have a thyroid issue. I find that so interesting because a girl that I know very well that has PCOS also has a thyroid issue. And actually that has sent her into early menopause because if you have thyroid issues, you tend to go into earlier menopause. She also had fertility issues. If you're self-advocating, you might think that this thyroid issue is like an island and my uterus is over here and it's another island and they're not connected in any way. All
2: connected. There's a big overlap with thyroid and polycystic ovaries, quite often see the two
1: together. It's just having that knowledge. And as you said, that confidence when you go into your GP to self-advocate, it's all about coming fully loaded with the information.
0: I think um, while we're talking about it, it might be helpful um, for our listeners just to give like a couple of top tips for how to self-advocate.
2: Absolutely. So if it's with a fertility consultant, ask if they're happy for you to record the call they should be happy for you to record they're not saying anything you're not going to publish it anyway. you know it's purely for your own personal use think about anything that you're not quite sure about in terms of like those niggles those gut feelings that we talked about ask about those and finally I think it would be to get an email address or a contact because invariably you have this appointment and then you cannot get hold of that person for love nor money to ask a question after the appointment most consultants have their own email address. If not, their secretary will have an email address. Get that email, get that phone number, ask them. If when I leave this appointment, I think of something I want to ask, how do I then contact you? How do I get in touch with you? Like that's so important because stuff will come up after the appointment. You will have questions. You're going to go away and Google, aren't you? And then you're going to come up with more questions. Get a contact. I completely agree
0: with that. And actually, I've had the similar thing myself, like just trying to get in touch with them afterwards. And again, the the secretaries were amazing, but it just wasn't the same because they couldn't answer a medical question for me. We're against the clock here. And quite often it's been like you, maybe three years in, you don't want to wait another week and then another week and then another week, just trying to, and it's so frustrating. So I think that's actually really good advice, trying to get hold of an email or just an actual direct line, because it's very frustrating.
2: So, I still have my consultant's email now, and every year I email him a picture of my son on his birthday. When I was in those treatment cycles, I would have questions and I would email, and I might get like a two word reply, but it was just the information I needed to know. You know, they're busy people, but, you know, ultimately I was paying him a lot of money and I was under his care and I had things that needed answering. Always get an email.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. I think we need to talk about needles. Let's be honest. (laughs) Tell me about the needles. How big are they? Where do they go? What do they do? How do they help?
2: They are, yes. So I'll do a little myth bust at the end, but I think the best thing to do is perhaps talk about what it is and how it works, because that's normally the thing that people struggle with the most, I think. Acupuncture is based in Eastern medicine, so it comes from Asia. So there's all different types, Chinese, Korean, Japanese, but essentially they're all run to similar models and actually if you go to a hospital in China they use acupuncture alongside western medicine so for example if you were in China and you had a stroke and you went into a hospital they would treat you with acupuncture first before you went on to the western medical ward and then they would treat you with a western pharmacy medicines and they would also treat you with Chinese herbal medicines as well so it's a really integrated approach and they use that in all areas of medicine acupuncture is not woo-woo it's not wacky it's rooted in science it's rooted in ancient history and it really does work and actually there's lots of evidence around uh, acupuncture and IVF mainly that's where a lot of the evidence base seems to be focused around IVF I guess because it's quite easy to control in that sort of environment in in the treatment cycle. Essentially it's based on meridian theory and lots of acupuncturists will probably shoot me down for this but I find this is the best way to explain it or for people who are a bit more visual like myself. If you imagine the tube map and this is like a map of the body. So you have different meridians, which are the different tube lines, and different meridians intersect at different places. You can have blockages where certain stations meet. Areas can be affected by what's going on in another area. But essentially, the whole body is linked by this network of meridians. Hence why, if you come to us with a headache, we might use a point on your hands to treat your headache. So It's like a whole systems-based medicine that you can treat one part of the body by using another part of the body. That hopefully sort of explains to people what we're basing on. And then along those meridians, you have acupuncture points. And the job of the acupuncturist is to select the acupuncture points to nudge the body back into balance. So when you put a needle into the body, you affect the local nervous system. So the nerves and the neurons in that area are activated. They send a message to your central nervous system, so your brain. And from there, your brain sends messages to your body's systems. So whether that's your cardiovascular system, your digestive system, or your reproductive or endocrinology or hormone system. All the acupuncturist is doing is choosing a set of points to nudge your body back into balance. And we put the needles in and your body sends messages to your nervous system. And then your nervous system can rebalance itself. So actually your body's doing the work. We're just giving it a nudge in the right direction. People think of it as quite invasive, but it's actually really not that invasive. Um, the needles are very thin. So this is the myth-busting part. They're very thin, almost hair-like. They're a bit bendy. It doesn't generally hurt. You might have a sensation where it feels a bit achy or, um, you know, like something's happening. Like We want a bit of sensation. We want you to feel something, but it shouldn't be painful. Most people fall asleep. Once the needles are in, the needles normally stay in for about 20 minutes. So that shows you sort of how relaxing it can be. Most people find it really calms their nervous system. It's been shown to help regulate the immune system, calm the nervous system, balance hormones, um, help with digestion, help pain relief. It can help like inflammation. It can help with so many things. That is kind of acupuncture in a nutshell. It really is nothing to be scared of. And I always say to people, if you haven't tried it, give it a go. If you don't like it, you don't have to go again. It's not for everyone. But the majority of people are pleasantly surprised. And like I said, a lot of the evidence is based around acupuncture and IVF. There was a couple of really big studies done at Homerton Hospital, and there's been shown to be an increase in the live birth rate when acupuncture is used alongside an IVF cycle. I can't remember the exact statistic, but it's a substantial amount. It's really worth doing if you're having an IVF cycle for sure.
0: I've had it, but for physio, and I have to say it didn't hurt. It was just to help me with some muscle spasms based on my very limited knowledge of acupuncture. So I would highly recommend it. And that's not even for fertility reasons. And it sounds like it's amazing for fertility.
2: Yeah, it can be brilliant. We work a lot on things, for example, um, on cycle regulation. We start on a very basic level. So if someone was to come to me struggling to conceive, we'd do this initial consultation where we'd go really in depth into their menstrual cycle, their overall health, their well-being. We look at everything. We're looking at what supplements you're taking. And then we're looking at small changes we can make. So is their cycle optimal? Are they having a proper bleed every month? Is their cycle regular? Have they got any pain? What's their flow like? Is it too heavy? Is it clotty? You know, all these things we can help with. So quite often we're working on the lower abdomen. We use heat a lot as well. So we'll warm your tummy up. Be really important for fertility to have a warm tummy. We have quite a lot of women that sometimes have scar tissue from um, surgical management of miscarriage. It can be really helpful for that, like use cupping on their tummy or like gentle massage to help release and relax the lower tummy. A treatment can vary massively depending on what you're coming for.
0: I know that this is going to vary, I'm sure, from person to person, but is there an average of how many times people will come and see you for acupuncture? Is there an average number of sessions that people would have to really benefit from it?
2: In terms of evidence, like for example, um, the studies that were done around having acupuncture with an IVF cycle, they looked at one treatment before the transfer and one treatment after the transfer. And that had a really good substantial improvement in success. Generally, if you're coming to us for fertility, i.e. you're not in an IVF cycle, even if you're about to start IVF, we would recommend you come for the three months prior. And that is because that's how long it takes for your eggs to be recruited and matured. So if you are going to start IVF in three months or you want to try naturally, give us three months. That's where we can make the best change. Like we can really have a great impact if you're going to give us three months of your time. And we see that. We see that a lot. It doesn't have to be weekly. If you can come twice a month, come once in the first half of your cycle, once in the second half of your cycle. Again, we can tailor that depending on what's going on. You know, if we think you've got an issue that's predominantly the second part of your cycle, maybe come a couple of times then. If ovulation is your issue, come around ovulation. We tailor the treatment to the person, basically. So in that initial appointment, we will will be discussing all of these things and advising when's a good time to
1: come. And because you've done such an in-depth review of their cycle, you know when to apply treatment.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's like when you said with your friend who the issue is with implantation. So we're constantly looking at someone's fertility cycle and thinking, right, where is the issue? Is the issue with ovulation is the issue potentially with egg quality is the issue with the sperm meeting the egg is the issue with fertilization or is the issue with then what happens with the embryo development and the uterus environment you know early stages of pregnancy so we're really pinpointing and that translates to western medicine as well so if we feel that this is where someone's issue is we will then say to them okay this is what we think the issue might be we need to investigate this from a western medicine perspective as well if that hasn't already been done.
1: You're dealing with such fine margins because from intercourse to implantation, we're talking days here. Yeah. Really fascinating that you tried to break that down. I also had acupuncture. I had it when I was pregnant because I had hyperemesis. Okay. Oh, that's brutal. Just a lot of sickness. You're right about the 20 minutes and this cannot be overemphasized, the relaxation. Yeah. Honestly, that 20 minutes was pure gold for me. And I'm assuming it's exactly the same for your clients. It's just that respite.
0: We keep coming back to this in all the episodes, but it's this thing of control. Yeah. Self-advocating is about control. Seeking out alternative therapies that might help us all about control. But when you go for acupuncture with someone else, it might just be that for those 20 minutes, you give that control to someone else, which might actually psychologically just give you a bit of a
2: mental health rest and this is a lot of what we do in the clinic it's the emotional support as well it's having that time to be heard giving people a chance just to talk and to explain how they're feeling because i think it's really hard to to explain to anyone that hasn't been on a fertility journey how many different components there are emotionally and mentally and it's slightly different for everyone you know for example we have a lot of clients that come to us to try to conceive after they've had a loss. And We have a lot of clients that come to us with secondary infertility. And both of those situations throw up lots of different emotions to people who might never have had a pregnancy before. It is so varied. And I think just ha- allowing people that space to really talk and to, to feel supported and be heard is a massive part of the mental health benefit.
0: I think the being heard thing is so valuable. It's a massive part of the process for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I wanted to ask you, Rachel, do you work with men? What you were saying about egg quality and taking three months. I know that sperm as well, we're looking at a good, you know, solid 12 weeks before uh, you want the sperm to be used for the IVF or the IUI, whatever it is you're going for.
2: We don't see many men in the clinic. We would like to see more for sure. It's a very different part of the journey women feel like they need to be a lot more in control of it and they want to be a lot more proactive in doing things you know men are lesser inclined naturally I think to want to trust someone who's perhaps not a western medical doctor perhaps less inclined to have a treatment that is a little bit more personal and maybe seen to be being more invasive even though it's not We certainly speak to a lot of women about their partners. For example, we'll get shown a lot of sperm tests, are these results normal? And we're more than happy to advise. And so I do actually speak to a lot of women about their partner's habits, what they do for a living, what supplements they're taking, but it tends to come via the woman. So yeah, we would definitely like to see more men in clinic. Acupuncture, you know, can be great for so many things, but actually Chinese herbs can be really good to help with sperm quality.
1: I'm fascinated by your clinic. You mentioned earlier about sort of all the component parts. Could you just reiterate how many people are in the clinic and what does each person do?
2: There's five of us in the team. We're not all in the clinic at the same time and some are online. We work remotely. In the clinic predominantly is myself and my associate acupuncturist, Rebecca. And then we have a reflexologist, Louise, as well. We're there most of the week between us. And then we work with a nutritionist as well. So if people need nutritional support, we have some online courses that we recommend for nutrition, various other bits and bobs. We've actually got like an online yoga course to sort of recommend to people. But yeah, if we really feel like someone needs one-to-one nutritional support, then we will refer them to our nutritionist. She works online. And then we have an independent prescribing pharmacist, so um, the lovely Risha. So we use Risha for patients that need medication that they cannot get hold of because of NHS constraints. So, for example, if somebody has had miscarriage with a history of spotting and bleeding, and they have had an ultrasound scan that shows that they may have a progesterone issue, and they have an accompanying blood test that shows they have low progesterone, but yet they cannot get progesterone on the NHS, we will refer to um, our independent prescriber. And she is qualified to make an independent assessment herself. So we provide her with the evidence. She liaises directly with the client. um, And then we go from there. Um, and that's a service we use for our clients. And then other bits and bobs, so thyroid medication, antibiotics is um, one we use her for a lot. We do a lot of vaginal microbiome testing, which involves swabs looking for bacteria, just been proven by a study that Tommy's have done. They have a link to first trimester miscarriage. So if someone has vaginal bacteria that is we don't want there, we refer to um, the prescriber for antibiotics because it's not something that's really recognised by your sort of standard GP. And quite often, it's just easier. Risha will get in touch with them within 48 hours, the prescriptions in their hand an hour later, and you would wait weeks to even get a GP appointment <laughs> a lot of the time. So she's really been invaluable. She's taken a lot of stress um, away from our clients. And it's just really sort of comforting to know that if we uncover something that needs treatment, that there's options. I think people just want options.
0: I think people want to know, it's a bit like a flow diagram, isn't it? If this happens, this is what happens next. Going back to what we started with, one of the problems with unexplained is you don't know what it is yet. You don't know which way to go. And that can be part of the stress. I also think it's amazing that you've got a pharmacist that can do that on your team. And the progesterone thing is so important for a healthy pregnancy. And I've got friends who they were having miscarriages until they got the progesterone. It took them ages to get the progesterone. I think it was quite a battle to get it. Yeah. And again, might just be a coincidence, might not. But they then went on to have a healthy pregnancy. So it's just another thing that can be looked at.
2: When it's prescribed by someone who, and and Risha, my pharmacist, she actually specializes in fertility. So that's her area of expertise as well. She's actually a nutritionist, a fertility nutritionist as well. She's, you know, done a lot of work in the realms of fertility. So when it's prescribed in the right situation for the right person, it can definitely make a difference. There is a little bit of perhaps an issue of people think that it's like a sticking plaster to everything is synonymous with lots of conditions. For example, adenomyosis, endometriosis often present with low progesterone. But we work with the client as well to, to try and raise progesterone naturally. So we will be doing some work behind the scenes, whether that's supplements, acupuncture, nutritional changes, to try and help address. Because progesterone deficiency often comes from estrogen dominance. So we're, we're looking at the whole hormonal picture. But sometimes people do just need medication and synthetic support for things and that's where Risha you know really helps and again we give people the option we say you can work with us for three months and do all these things but sometimes people don't want to wait three months they want the progesterone now
0: I'm going to be honest when I was going through my own fertility journey I am just thinking back I did not know people like you existed and (laughs) I mean
2: and, and I mean that with respect how do people find you So we have a website, it's www.thefertilitysuite.co.uk. I also have my own podcast, so that is The Fertility Method. The whole ethos of that was to um, provide access to experts for free. We have got a host of experts from embryologists to immunologists to fertility nurses to nutritionists. So if you visit our website, everything's on there. We've got online courses, we've got online consults, so you don't have to come in person, we can help you online come for acupuncture and reflexology and anything else that you might want help and support with
0: thank you so much for coming on i say it every week but i i love chatting to guests and i have really i've learned so much actually today about acupuncture so i really appreciate you coming on so thank you
2: thank you for having me
0: all of the links for today's show including where you can get hold of rachel will be in the show notes thank you so much for listening to this week's show Remember to subscribe to get a shiny new episode each week and please rate, comment and really importantly share with your friends, especially our Trying to Conceive sisters. You never know who's struggling and they may need that little bit of extra help.
1: This may come as a surprise, but we are not doctors. We strongly recommend that you consult your doctor before beginning any exercise or nutrition program. Get everything checked out first. Your safety is our priority. This has been a Worth a Listen production.